0: Welcome to Ed Saucedo's Road to Greatness podcast. Here, you'll gain confidence from those who have already succeeded in entrepreneurship, personal development, investing, and personal finance. In addition, follow Ed's journey as he develops on his road to greatness. Now, your host, Ed Two Three, two,
1: one.
0: Welcome into Ed Salcedo's Road to Greatness podcast, and in today's episode, I have the man, Monty, aka Motivation, uh, here to join us. How you doing, Monty? I'm good. You know, uh, living a dream, avoiding the lie. That's it. <laughs> Love it, man. So, for the people that don't know who you are, give them a little bit of a spiel about you know who you are and what you do.
1: All right. Um, so I'm a uh, motivational speaker. I'm a personal development coach, an author, an actor, and a spoken word poet. Uh, for the most part, I travel the country. I speak to primarily colleges and universities, but also speak in speak at corporations and associations, share my life story about growing up on the streets. And I'm sure we'll get a little into that in the podcast. But some of the struggles I faced growing up and how to use that for your advantage. Um, I got my book out from the streets to the stage. I'm working on my next book. Um, Yeah. And, you know, I got coaching clients. I'm just just out there. Really. I'm all about making people better. You know, that's why it's motivation. You know, motivation plus motivation is real. It's raw. It's some real stuff. Uh, Nowadays, there's a lot of negativity going on in the world. um, And also a lot of how can I say? I I don't want to necessarily call anybody a pretender, but we're really stuck on appearances And this entrepreneurial life that I've taken by the horns and this motivation, all this together, like I live, I live by it. And my whole goal is to make millions by
0: helping millions. I want to make help millions of people and in the process, make millions myself. (laughs) Love it, man. I think it's always great to see other people pushing positivity as, you know, the key to other helping other people and success. I think that's great. Uh, So you mentioned, you know, you're kind of taking on this entrepreneurial journey. How did you get interested in entrepreneurship? Was it something, you know, since the day you were born, you kind of felt you were an entrepreneur? Or was there kind of a turning point in your life? Uh, It was definitely a turning point. You
1: know, I mean, I I think subconsciously, uh, I always knew. I don't, I've always been an alpha, I've always been a leader. Um, I've never been afraid to really make mistakes or be the first person to get up in front of class and be the first person to speak because I'm not afraid to make a fool of myself. I'm not afraid to make mistakes. um, Like a lot of people are, you know, I think a lot of people have that leadership, those leadership qualities, that entrepreneurial spirit, but oftentimes their fear is greater than their desire to do that. And for me, my desire has always been greater than my fear. So just growing up, uh, you know, I grew up very poor, like living on the streets, sleeping sleeping in parks and crack houses and stuff. And so the idea, I know what it's like when you talk about poverty. You talk about people being poor. Like I know what that life is like on a serious, serious level. Like it's not a game. What I experienced, and so that right there, it started hustling, doing simple things like um, one of the uh, quick little story about (laughs) one little story about entrepreneurship. I grew up when I was growing up. My mother was addicted to drugs and. There was this homeless shelter, me and my two younger siblings, my two younger brothers, we used to live at. It's called the Overflow. So for context, the Overflow shelter, it's just a night shelter. So what you do is you meet in this dusty field at 5 o'clock in the evening. This big white bus picks people up. They bus you to this, like, abandoned hangar that they have sectioned off from, like, men and women um, and kids and all of that. And you get to stay that 5 o'clock at night. You get to shower. You get a place to stay. They give you food. And then they drop you back off at 5 a.m. in the morning. So during at the height of my mother's drug addiction, she would do this to me and my little brothers and we would just be in this field with other homeless people. My mother would just be out and we just knew whatever we did, we had to be here at five. And it was kind of scary. And one time, one day I got I caught the flu. I caught the stomach flu. I was sick. And there was nowhere to like sleep. So I went into a trash can. I got a cardboard box. I broke the cardboard box down and I laid on it. I was laying on the cardboard box and another homeless person came in was like, hey, let me get your box. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like, whoa, what are you talking about? You know, me and my brothers were ready to defend ourselves. Um, Needless to say, um, he was like, hey, I'll give you a dollar. So understand, I'm a poor kid. A dollar was a lot back then. We're like hell yes. So, anyways, fast forward that whole summer. That was my first entrepreneurial experience. That was kind of my um, introduction, as it were, as it was uh, into entrepreneurship. Just started with the started off as a kid selling cardboard boxes to other homeless people, and ending with the realization that um, if I want to make the impact leave the impact and the legacy in the world that I want, and create the financial freedom that I want, then I have to do it my way. I have to create my own path.
0: Yeah, I love it. You know, taking something out of nothing. You know, that's a very, very inspiring story, especially because there's so many people out here that think they have it bad. Uh, But you definitely are kind of an example of somebody that really turned uh, your life around completely 360 degrees, uh, Mm -hmm. not only to living with you know, very harsh conditions, but to actually inspire people with your story, I think is really, really powerful. So kind of, yeah. So kind of going off of, you know, your beginnings, do you feel that you had to grow up quickly because your parents were not as, you know, supportive and weren't able to really uh, support you as maybe other parents were? Like, did you see yourself separate from your friends in that way as well, where you had to grow up a little bit quicker.
1: Oh man, I, I, I had to grow up being extremely quick. Um, I didn't have a childhood. My, I, I don't, I never met my biological dad. My mother was a drug addict. I had to raise my two younger brothers. So, um, I never had much of a childhood. And, you know, I was a, I was a star basketball player in high school, living in foster care, didn't get a whole lot of support from my foster parents. Um, um, well, my last false appearance, my first couple of false parents. I had dealt with some really abusive situations, both physically and emotionally, that literally caused me to uh, attempt suicide a couple of times. So like the parenting stuff, I had to grow up. I've always been ahead of my years because of my upbringing. Um, but and I mean, and negatively, of course, you know, there's scars and there's things I've had to deal with over the years to get to where I'm at now. And um, there's a lot of forgiving and a lot of growth. But now... Um, I see those situations. I've always had to kind of find my own way. Nothing was ever given to me. I, I, I'm not a lucky person. I just bust my ass and I outwork most people. Um, and just that grow that those experiences led me to where I'm at entrepreneurially. Now, another, another little story, I know we're um, jumping over the place, but some, something recently just happened. Um, and yeah, you'll be the first one I get to share this with. Um, so I do spoken word poetry. Are you familiar with spoken word? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, childish Gambino's, this is America video. is kind of going viral. It's everywhere. And people are like doing their own kind of remixes of it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I did a poem inspired by it and people were just kind of like, wow, this is really good. You should do a video. So I was like, oh man, I don't have enough time. I'm leaving the country tomorrow for the summer. I'll be in Australia. I'm doing some things out there. So I'm like, there's a lot of stuff I have to get done before I leave L.A. And long story short, somehow I got a rental spot in downtown L.A. I got a camera crew. I got 10 people to come volunteer. And I put this video together in like 48 hours. Mm -hmm. And just that was one of those things that made me realize because I wanted to do it a different way. But there was a lot of people I needed to depend upon and i think being an entrepreneur one of the things you learn and uh, one of the things that was reiterated from that experience i just went through you have to do shit on your own you have to do it yourself you cannot wait for other people so i put this whole video together i came up with the creative concept got the place connected with people and it was just like this is my this is my natural state i don't work well Waiting and depending on others, which is like a typical job. But just no, no worries. If you if you work a job, a nine to five, there's a lot of comfort in that. There's a there's a there's a lot of um, um, how can I say? Um, the word is uh, slipping me. But there's a lot of um, you know what you know what your next move is. And some people need that. But for me, I realize naturally, I'm a creator. I'm a catalyst for other people. And the people I brought together recently, they were all so excited that I included them in this vision that I had. And it was just so good. I'm like, okay, I need to stop resisting anything that is based on being an entrepreneur. Like I am an entrepreneur flat out. Everything that has come to my life that's been successful. It's been because I've created it. It's been against the status quo. It's been something completely new. And, I think my upbringing had a lot to do with that. I've always had to find creative ways to get food, to find a place to sleep, to make it through school, to feed my brothers. I've always had to get creative. And I think that's what entrepreneurship is, constantly being innovative, constantly problem solving. And so, yeah, uh, to answer your question directly, yeah, my my upbringing, not having parents and going through all of that directly affects that.
0: Yeah, I think that's, That's a very good piece of insight. You know, when you grow up in those kind of environments, you know, how did you decide to not go with it and kind of go against it and take it upon yourself to really change your life? Like, was there like, were you just born with a different mind or was it more, you know, you had a mentor or somebody went up and told you you have something special? Mm. You know, how did you really decide to not go with the life you were in but go kind of against it you know
1: what it's 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 funny enough you say that it's a combination of a few things i'm gonna try to articulate this the to, uh, to the best of my abilities um okay it's i think along the way there were people you i think you don't get anywhere completely on your own i don't care who i don't care who you are nobody just gets to the top by themselves they may do a vast majority of the work, but there's little things that go along. There was a couple teachers that I just remember just showed love for this poor kid from the hood that kind of left the uh, impact. My I've had three foster parents, three, all three of my foster mothers did some real shady, messed up stuff. But my last foster dad, Jeffrey banks, he was like the first positive role mo- uh, male role model, old school dude, you know, hardworking truck driver, you know, uh, says what he means, means what he say, and so it's just like okay, I see that's one version of what a man should be. You take care of your family, you handle your business, you're a man of your word, you know. So I took some stuff from that. Um but for the most part, I think I think I was built differently. And I say that because I just went back to Arizona and my little brother who's the closest to me um, he's a few years younger than me. He just got—he—he he was just released from prison for after eight years. Wow. Yeah. Um, he's doing good now. He's positive. You know, he says that was the best thing for him because the way he was living his life before he went in would have led to his death. So just doing that—it was like for him—he's—it was his path. It was a rough way, but he's happy. You know, he has his degree now. He's doing some things. But when I went back home, I saw family members. I saw people who grew up just like me, and nobody was doing anything close to what I was doing. Nobody was remotely successful. Nobody holds degrees and just everything. Right now, I'm like, I'm at the beginning of what I would consider successful. Like, um, I'm in my first year of full-time entrepreneurship. The last couple of years has been kind of part-time building up. This has been my first full year of like, wow, I'm living completely off of what I create. Um, and going back home, seeing that, being exposed to the same things, the, the same experiences, both good and bad, And I digested it differently. I I took those things in and I realized, okay, maybe God did put a little something extra in me. I think everybody has it, but I was able to see it. And I think I had an innate ability to not, not see what I do want, but at least to recognize what I do not want. So I just simply saw the way other people were living their life. I was like, man, I don't want no part of that. If you do X, Y, Mm -hmm. Z, it's going to lead you here, here, and here. I don't want that. And so I think a part of it, i I was born with a little something extra, you know? I don't know what it is, yeah. but just seeing my family and people I grew up with and seeing that they're living completely different lives that I don't want to live. Like, I, I feel like they're living way below their potential and what they could achieve. And I was like, man, what was it about me, you know? And I'm still, to be honest with you, I'm still in the process of discovering that question. Like, it was just two weeks ago. I went back home for a week and was just connecting with old family members and friends and just seeing like, wow, I'm so different now. I'm living a such better life and seeing how they look up to me. Everybody's like, man, you're the one you got out the hood and all this stuff. And I'm just like, a part of me is like, y'all can do it too. What I'm doing, Mm -hmm. is not special to me. I just made some decisions and I stuck with it through the good and the bad. Uh, But then the other part is like, okay, wow, I am different. I'm made of something different. So to be honest with you, I'm still... I'm still in the process of discovering that, but I think it started first off with personal development. I think Mm -hmm. I was the one who wanted to read books of inspiration and motivation and productivity and time management, you know, stuff that's boring to most people. I wanted to do that. When I played basketball, I wanted to be the best. I wanted to wake up early. And so just always wanting to perform at my best and find a way to be at my best. When most people, and I'm sure, you know, most people are very very happy with just being average. Yeah, So so many people are just, oh, I have enough to pay my bills, I'm good. Oh, I'm in a relationship, I'm not fully happy, but they're not cheating or hit me. Okay, I'm good. It's like so many people just settle and I don't like settling. Like I'd rather be horrible or great. I don't like being just good or average. Like that that sickens me. You know, it's it, it's just ugh, like mediocrity or being average because we're the chances of any of us being born was one in 400 trillion. That was the chances. So we're a one in 400 trillion miracle and you're going to settle for an average life knowing the odds. Come on now. So um, to answer your question, yeah, I just think I'm made of something a little different than most people.
0: Yeah, I think that's great. You know, obviously you talking about the personal development side of you and how you're inspiring the people that you grew up with, I think is really powerful And kind of going off of that, you know, what what is the main thing you see the majority of the people you work with or people just in general that you see lack some sort of personal development skill or trade? What is that one thing that you see almost every person that still hasn't made it? uh, What are they lacking? Mm. What do you think, you know, you can help them with?
1: Um there's a few things so my coaching uh i have i i, I officially started my uh, personal development slash life coaching i've been doing it kind of on the side but i wanted to get to the point of my own personal development and in a position in my own life to where the advice i'm giving people i'm living you have a lot of mm-hmm. you have a lot of upstart entrepreneurs and you know to a degree you fake it till you make it but when it comes to coaching helping people through life i need to be at a position in my life where i feel like hey what I'm telling you, I'm living by. So now that I'm doing that, I'm going full speed with it. And it's called level 10 coaching. And the things I focus on are what I believe and what will answer your questions. Confidence, clarity, and consistency. I think those are the three biggest things. The first thing is confidence. There's so many people lacking in real confidence in themselves. I mean, there's so many people. I mean, it's understandable. There was a study done, um, uh, By this guy, G Herbo, he was a, um, um, no, not G Herbo, I'm sorry, uh, Herb Otto. He's a human um, growth specialist, and he did a study that found that by the time you're 17 years old, on average, you hear, no, you can't, 150,000 times. You hear, hear, yes, you can, 5,000 times. So by the time you're a senior in high school, you've been told no, you can't 150,000 times, and you've only been told yes, you can 5,000 times. That's a 30 to 1 ratio. So it's it's no wonder why people are so programmed to di- to just automatically like divert and revert to negativity. Like that's 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 what I, that's my go to is being negative and doubt. So I think it's that confidence. Um, is more than anything when I, I just see people I'm in confidence not the cockiness not the social media facade I'm talking about true confidence um Kanye said something old Kanye not new Kanye he kind of lost his damn mind <laughs> uh, but old Kanye he has a line in this song he says um I can be by myself and enjoy the company that's confident like to be so Confident with yourself that loneliness doesn't make you feel sad, but it's like, hey, I love myself enough to where I enjoy my own damn company. So it's the confidence, you know. People lack that, and it's and it's it's because they don't work on it. You know, um, confidence is we're not born with confidence. Confidence is acquired and it is developed. Like you have to acquire confidence and then you have to develop it, and it starts by positive affirmations self-love self-care and a lot of people don't do that instead of doing that they do the temporary things they go out to the club they drink they have sex they buy expensive things they do all this external work and forget about the internal work and it's a big problem so they don't have confidence and the next is that clarity when i meet with people the biggest thing the biggest thing i hear is i don't know what to do i don't know where i'm at i'm confused i'm lost Like clarity, vision, you know, Um, we can't have what we can't see. It's that simple. You cannot have what you can't see. If you don't have a vision for your life, for your goals, for your dreams, you can't have them because they're not real. I wasn't able to pull myself out of the hood until my last foster parents where I got out of the hood. I went to a nice suburbs and I saw, wow, African-American people who work hard have big houses. You don't have to be an athlete or an entertainer. Like you can live a good life. And I don't know if I would have been able to achieve that if I didn't first see it. So you have to put yourself in an environment and surround yourself with people who have what you have, and then you can gain that clarity and you can start seeing it for you. And then lastly, consistency. It's the three C's of success: confidence, clarity, and consistency. Consistency is key. We've all heard that. You have to have you have to be consistent. You know, this is no overnight success. Yeah. Like uh, I'm, I'm, I'm. I don't know how long you've been doing this podcast, but I know three, four years from now, it's going to be huge if you stay with it. Of course, you know, and it's, but it, it takes consistency. If you want to build a YouTube channel, it's going to take consistency. If you want to build up capital, it's going to take consistency. If you want to build up confidence and clarity and have the right-minded people around you, it's going to take you being consistently devoted and committed to whatever endeavor you're partaking. And a lot of people don't have it because, I, honestly, I don't. I don't know why. I think it's at least our generation. I'm part of the millennial generation. I'm a little older, so I'm an OG millennial. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm an OG millennial. But our generation, we live in this instant gratification time, and so if things don't come right away, some of us give up, or some do what I did for the longest. You just go to the next thing. Instead of fully developing this plan, this product, this app, if it doesn't work, if you don't see the results the first couple of times or immediately, you give up. Some people give up or some people just go to the next thing. And that's some of the biggest things. So um, literally in that order, I believe it's confidence, it's clarity, and then it's consistency. That's That's the biggest thing, you know.
0: Yeah, I think those those are really good, you know, three short, simple words that get right to the point. I think that's definitely kind of a great mindset to have is, you know, to stay consistent, have clarity and have the confidence. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously you've had, you know, tons of things, you know, about personal development. How have you really gotten that knowledge? Do you feel it's been through your personal experiences? Because obviously they've been all over the charts. Mm-hmm. Um, or have you, are you a big, you know, reader, uh, YouTube watcher? You know, how did you really get this kind of insight?
1: It's a combination of both, my man. Um, it's, okay. it, experience is absolutely the best teacher. Absolutely. Um, you going out there and trying it versus reading about it will always be better. But our experience is only one part of the equation. It's not just about the experience because my experience is limited to my resources, um, my creativity, my environment. So, reading books, listening to podcasts, audio books, YouTube—that allows you um, to get new stuff. Like two two guys I listen to a lot, Gary Vee, right now, because when it comes to the yeah. when it comes to the social media, when it comes to the uh, entrepreneurship, he's killing it and he's keeping it real. He has a, a, such a different level of experience than I do. He's at a whole nother level of success. So there's a lot I can learn by listening to his stuff, by reading his books, which I have both. Jay Jay Chetty, he's he's the he's a monk. He used to be a monk. He just has a very clean, clear, empathetic way of explaining things in life and making it really simple. Because I know I have a um, an issue from time to time of overcomplicating certain things or overthinking because I want things to be so on point and he really condenses it down also my man David Goggins if you don't know who David Goggins is whoo he's a warrior he's like 120 he's he's like a um, maybe special seals he owns the world record for most pull-ups in 24 hours he's done this he's won like this thing called it's like a death race it's like a 24-hour race i mean the dude's a warrior he just has this it's a very intense approach to life so i watch these different guys who are in different they're all older than me they're in different uh um spaces and places in their life and i'm like yo i can learn so much from you and i take different things away from each so those podcasts and those books i mean there's nothing there's nothing like reading a good book and you read that sentence or that chapter and it just sparks an idea for you that you would have never have had if you didn't open up those pages
0: yet yeah, um you know in the beginning of the podcast you mentioned that you are an author yourself you know not only do you actually consume content through books but you're also an actual author so you know if you don't mind, give it give, give our audience, you know, a little bit of background on your book and what it talks about.
1: OK, yeah, this book is cool. It's one of my first books. It came out a couple years ago. I'm currently working on my next one, which will be out by the end of this year. But it's called From the Streets to the Stage, um, 20 Ways to Make It from the Streets of Your Fears to the Stage of Your Dreams. You can go ahead and um, grab it on Amazon. Just type in my name, M-O-N-T-I Washington. That's Monty Washington. It's pretty good. It's a it's a it's a personal development book. And it's definitely it's good for anybody. But it's definitely good for people who are just starting to get into personal development. I made when I wrote the book, I I speak uh, at the time, especially I spoke to a lot of college and university universities. I like that age. Um, I like speaking to that demographic. I feel like that's when you're you're most hungry. It's that those college years and right out of college before people start settling down in careers and families and all that. It's like you're hungry, and so I wrote the book specifically for. Um, I guess you can say 15 to 25 year olds um, who are starting to get into personal development. And I have each chapter and I break down little portions of my life and what I took away from it. Like one of my chapters is called catch up um, and it's catch up to your past. And um, I talk about being grateful how when I was homeless, me and my brothers, we used to go to this convenience store and we used to go to the um, condiment section and we would still packages of ketchup. Because and then we go home and we just eat packages of ketchup for dinner. Or if we're lucky, we'll ask for money. We'll borrow money from somebody, get a loaf of bread, and then we'll have ketchup sandwiches. And so for years, I carried a package of ketchup in my pocket as a reminder of where I came from. So it's little lessons like that. Um, it, it's very straightforward. It's my own take on personal development, um, the kind of 2.0 version, which I'm taking to another level. I'll have out later. But yeah, it's a it's a good book, especially. Um, It's short, it's less than 100 pages, it's very to the point, you can get through the whole book in an episode of Game of Thrones.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love it. You know, I think I'll definitely be able to link that book up down in the description as well as all your social media links and websites so people know how to get in contact with you and follow you, you know, as you develop as well. Absolutely. So, for the last, you know, for your last words on the podcast, you know, give... The audience with some motivation, you know, whatever you want it to be. Uh, <laughs> give them some fire motivation. All
1: right. So this is this is kind of my thing. Everybody who is listening, you are the shit. You are the shit. And the reason why I know that is because I was once treated like shit. And my second foster mother, when I used to live with her, I think I was about 11 years old, 11 or 12 years old. She locked me and my two brothers in a room for 23 hours a day, and we were only allowed to come out to eat and to play. And to make matters worse, she would always say, you so dumb, you so stupid, you ain't shit. I'm telling you, all I got called stupid so many times that at one point I thought it was my name. When somebody would say you were stupid, I would respond as though they were right. And because she said I wasn't shit, I developed suicidal tendencies and I started and I uh, attempted suicide on two different occasions. Now, luckily, I got help and I got therapy. Which, if anybody's listening, if you're ever if you're ever contemplating anything like that, trust me, there's nothing, there's nothing that could happen to you that would justify you depriving the world of your greatness. We need you. Trust me. I've affected a lot of lives, and if I would have been successful, a lot of lives wouldn't have been uh, affected. So, long story short, I had to go through therapy for a few years, and my therapist said something that stuck with me forever. She said, "We can't change what happened to us." but we can change our perspective on why it happened. So when I look back at that moment, instead of thinking you're not shit, I think I'm the shit. Ooh, you survived that, you're the shit. You went to college, got two college degrees, graduated at one of the tops of your class, you're the shit. You're a motivational speaker, you're the shit. So if you're listening to this, you are the shit. It's not about what you've achieved, it's about what you've overcome in your life. You haven't achieved your greatest achievement yet. Don't worry about it. But you've overcome some shit. And because of that, that makes you the shit.
0: Thanks for listening to Ed Saucedo's Road to Greatness podcast. Follow the journey and connect with Ed at edsaucedo.com. See you next time.